Sponsor Life with Brent and Jeff. Good evening. This is Brent and Jeff on the Altar Life with Brent and Jeff. Thanks for tuning in. We are excited for another Altar Life show, and we're glad you're here. And thank you for tuning in to us this evening. And we're going to be talking about a cool dude in the Bible, Gideon, um, this week and next. So you want to keep it here as we keep going this evening. And we've got a lot of great music in store as well. We're going back to the OT. That's right, baby. We finished up our Servanthood series, and now we're going to take two weeks to do a character study on Gideon, one of our favorites from the book of Judges, and uh, one of VeggieTales favorites as well, yeah. Tuba Warrior, <laughs> uh, for any of you who's familiar with that. But we're going to be looking at the real deal, Gideon, um, some awesome, I would love to see this like portrayed in a film. Yeah. And not the movie 300, which isn't quite the same thing, but like it's, it's kind of similar about... You know, we'll see. He, he does. He's just unprepared and unable to do it himself. But God just totally has the victory. has has big plans for Gideon, and uh, even though he's a little guy, so that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. Yeah, Gideon was one of those guys who like didn't see it coming. <laughs> it's like all of a sudden, out of nowhere, God. And, you know, we've had those. We hear those stories um, where you're just kind of minding your own business, and maybe that's your testimony: is you were kind of living your life. A certain way and some supernatural thing happened god put some person in your life or god put some situation in your life where it kind of woke you up out of the the normal humdrum um situation of your life you know he does that often even after you get saved of you know you're going through your life and god puts something in your life to kind of wake you up and go oh you know you want me to see you more clearly you want some fruit from my life that i wasn't expecting um, because God loves us and he has promised to complete the work he started in us. So here's Gideon, you know, in that position out in the field, uh, doing his mind and his own business, singing the, the woes of the culture, you know, singing the same tune as everybody else. And, uh, the angel of the Lord, you know, stops by and starts talking to him and he's like, huh, what's going on? Who are you? Yeah, I mean, we can just start right off in verse 11. Uh, we're skipping the first 11 verses, but uh, to see where Gideon comes from. The angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth tree, which was in Ophrah, not Oprah, which belonged to Joash the Abizrite, while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the wine press in order to hide it from the Midianites. So he's like hiding wheat from the Midianites because they're like if the Midianites come and take over we're not going to have anything to eat so Gideon's like hiding in this threshing floor threshing wheat doesn't sound like a, a great soldier here no. and uh, tonight's title of our episode is Unusual Sus- Suspect which is kind of what Gideon is especially as we look at the rest of the story um, how he how he sees himself is totally different from how God sees him ultimately you know Jeff the next verse the angel of the Lord appears to Gideon and just shows up <laughs> the Lord and says the Lord is with you you mighty man of valor it's interesting the, the army I mean not the army the angel of the Lord you know shows up out of nowhere and Gideon's like probably scared out of his mind that this creature just shows up he's hiding so you know you've been in that place where you're like trying to do something secret and you're kind of like out in the corner and you, know, you don't you hope no one notices and then someone you didn't see there goes hey and you're like what 
you know it's like <laughs> it's one of those moments you know and I Gideon had one of those moments and not only does some angel show up at his door but calls him a mighty man of valor he sees and and refers to him as what he's going to be isn't that cool he refers to him as what he sees in him not who he currently is in that moment and that's an encouraging thing yeah god it, paul says in romans that god calls things that are not as though they were right you know <laughs> he he constantly does that he call he changes abraham's name to father of many nations when he doesn't have any children and, and god is constantly putting us in the perspective so that we'll see what he has for us you're listening to the altar life with Brent and jeff all right that was believed by the letter black and when the angel of the Lord shows up and tells Gideon that he's a mighty man of valor while he's hiding in the threshing floor, he's probably like, do you see these Do you see these feathers? I'm a chicken. <laughs> I'm not a mighty man of valor. What are you talking about? Why would you say something like that? And as they ha- continue to have a conversation, you'll see that he keeps saying, no, I'm not this thing. And it's like the angel of the Lord is like, oh, yeah, yes, you are. <laughs> like he doesn't even acknowledge almost that he... He thinks so low of himself, and we'll just yeah. move on. He says, Lord, "If the Lord is with us, why has all this happened?" He's, you know, he's asking the angel of the Lord. If the Lord's with us, then why are we on? You know, why are the Midianites putting us to flight and everything? And why are we so scared? So where are all his miracles, which our fathers told us about? But, you know, this is interesting because this is kind of an argument that we would have with God. You know, like, okay, the Bible says that God is going to protect me. He's he's never going to forsake me, but look how terrible my life is. You know, like my family is a joke. Uh, My job is, you know, a dead end. And God keeps saying that he's going to, he wants me to have an abundant life and all this stuff. Like, where is this? I I don't see it. You know, and you can, has anybody ever heard somebody say that before? I know I have. And uh, it's like, did not the Lord bring us out of Egypt, but now he's forsaken us and delivers us in the hands of the Midianites? He's like... Okay, God freed us from the Egyptians, what, just so that we could end up being caught by the Midianites? That doesn't make any sense. Why would God allow this to happen? Why, God? Have you ever asked that question? <laughs> and that's where Gideon's at. And, and we can read it and be like, why is he so doubtful? You know, come on, Gideon. You're supposed to be a biblical hero. He didn't know the end of the story like we do. <laughs> right. Or, or we will in a few short minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just... But you know what? Gideon's just being like us. He's sitting in the... Uh, culture, which I'm sure everyone else sits around the water cooler, you know, complaining about the same things, right? Oh, the Midianites. Oh, you know, why, you know, where's God? I thought he was this great thing that was supposed to, you know, I thought he was the God who took us out, you know, out of the land when we were being slaves to the Egyptians, you know, like he's singing the same tune as everybody else. And here's God, right? In the humdrum of all that breaking through calling him a mighty man of valor i would have been like what do you mean i'm a mighty man of valor i would have started arguing about the comment he didn't actually argue about that he was like well if you're some lord then and the lord is with us then why is all these things happening i don't get it and he's and he's singing the he's singing the response that everyone else around him no doubt is saying saying as well and that's a lesson for us you know how often do we join into the complaint and don't look for the lord in the situation and it's funny because the angel of the Lord, the Lord, really, it's the Lord showing up talking to him, right? The Lord turned to him and said, well, go in the might, this mighty might of yours, almighty man of valor, and uh, you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? Gideon's like, have you not? I don't know. <laughs> Did you not hear what I just said? <laughs> like, didn't, let's rewind. Didn't I call you a mighty man of valor? You're going to change that. Whoa. 
You know, I just, I'm putting myself in Gideon's shoes and I'm really kind of struggling with, you know, this with my own life because there's so often, so many times where I'm just in the flow and I just get stuck in the flow and God might be whispering in that sweet, in that, you know, that still small voice, like, but I want you to do something about it. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but look at my job. Look at my stuff. Look at the thing. Look at, and I start throwing out the same excuses I throw out all day long and people around me have oh, but we can't afford it the market's bad you know there's all those things that are just the cultural where we're going and as believers are we not called are we not sent aren't we not called by the lord for a purpose and are we looking for that or are we just hiding doing our thing our routine hiding from the situation yeah i think that it, there's a lot of good lessons for us to take from this story that was slumber by need to breathe before that you heard able he goes nuts on that. Like I like Need to Breathe is the only band that you can play like a really slow song by them and still just be rocked out because his voice yeah. is just so epic. He's like, I'm not animal. Sorry, that was a terrible <laughs> impression, but actually he's not like he's got that like that all, grit but... to his the tone of his voice is just awesome. And uh, we move on in our story of Gideon, Judges chapter six. If you're just joining us, thanks for tuning in. We're looking at Gideon, unusual suspect, and uh you know, he brings up these excuses like, oh, you know, where's God? How did he let this happen? And the angel of the Lord's like, you're going to do this awesome thing. And Gideon says, oh, Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. Basically, my family is like the the, the most loser-ish, and I am like Captain Loser <laughs> is basically what he's saying. And isn't it interesting? You know, this reminds me of Moses. When he says, you know, I can't go. I can't do this. I'm slow of speech and slow of tongue. And he keeps giving God all these excuses why he can't deliver the children of Israel. And what what I find interesting about the, both of these stories is that God takes us when we're at our most incapable. And that's when he decides to use us. Something that I'm just thinking of now that I don't think I've ever really thought about is Moses was kind of like next in line to be Pharaoh. Couldn't God have just allowed him to become like this high up person, prince of Egypt and all that stuff? And then just said, okay, we're not going to torment the Hebrews anymore. No, what happened? He ended up going into the wilderness for 40 years, you know, killing an Egyptian and then fleeing and hiding out in the mountains, similar to Gideon, hiding out. Mm -hmm. And that's where God meets him when he's like, I don't have anything to offer you at all. And God's like, good. That's when we're ready to be. You're ready to join the team now, basically. And Gideon's saying the same thing. Like, I have nothing at all to offer you. You need to go find somebody else to do this. And again, the angel of the Lord says, Surely I will be with you. You shall defeat the Midianites as one man. Gideon's probably like, Pfft. He's probably like Sarah. You know, it's like, you're going to have a baby. <laughs> yeah, totally. Isaac. <laughs> Laughter. I love that parallel you made with Moses because, you know, one of his excuses is, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? You know, isn't it? Isn't this the same Lord? And he gives Lord the credit, right? Which is a credit to Moses, right? Yeah. Like it wasn't, wasn't like, didn't Moses lead us up out of Egypt? It was, didn't the Lord do this work? Where's the Lord now? And he, you know, it's almost like he's missing the point because God started off this conversation by saying, it's you, Gideon. It's you who I want to do this thing for me all right that was everything and nothing the classic crime and that's what god god uses is the nothing to make everything yeah and uh you know we're gonna get into why the lord's response here you know um 
and why he chose Gideon. But, you know, when I look at Gideon, and Gideon's biggest excuse was that he was the lowest of the low, and he was the one that was the least capable. Um, And you know what? The Lord, when you read through the Bible, the Lord always picks the least capable. He always picks the one that's going to be the most it's going to be the it's going to be the the person that get this at the end of the day is going to have give the Lord the most glory in the end of the day and that's what we're going to get into as we go into hour two. We're thankful that you're here. We're thankful you're listening to us. Um, hope you're being as blessed as we are tonight in the Word. And uh, you want to check us out online www.thealterlife.com. And uh, we've got a lot of great music left for tonight. Um, so keep it locked right here. You're unbelievable. The Alter Life. This is unbelievable. I cannot believe this. This is unbelievable. This is unbelievable. All right. You heard that liner and you know what time it is. Could it be our unbelievable segment? It is indeed. Yeah. Unbelievable. unbelievable. The least of these segments of the Alter Life. <laughs> no, that was the corny joke segment. That was the least of the father's house and the least. Yeah. That's for all you old-time Alter Life listeners out there. Yeah, it's interesting. We bring up some of these references because we're drawing ever closer to the 200th Alter Life episode. We're going to have something special for you guys. Check out our website for more information. Keep listening. And um, don't forget to check out our blog. You can read up all the Servanthood series blogs, and we'll continue on with Gideon. Lord willing, (laughs) if I can squeeze it in to my tight sketch. Uh, (laughs) And um, tonight's unbelievable segment is going to be eventing unbelievable, something that's not unbelievably good, not unbelievably bad, but just unbelievably tough and frustrating. And really time consuming. <clears throat> yep. And that is moving, not for the faint of heart. Moving your abode. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think we've both gone through the big move where we had to move our all our gear, our families, our stuff. The stuff we've accumulated that we don't need and ever look at, but somehow we have to move it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's just so time-consuming of a process. And, you know, I'm going through it now, and uh, which is why we're talking about it, because yeah. it's, it's all about us. And, um, <laughs> you know, the whole process is just crazy. I've done things to my old house to sell it that I never thought I actually needed, Like, but I was told to do, like put <laughs> handrails on things that... I didn't need help going down the stairs. Um, you know, things that are safety is all good, you know, like the fire alarms and the carbon monoxide and the, you know. <laughs> You're like running water. <laughs> An what, inside what? toilet. What? You Who want, needs this? You want one of those? <laughs> the port, the the outhouse in the back isn't good enough. <laughs> oh, you need a lock on the bathroom door? I'm sorry. I had no but, idea. Uh, I'm a be, shower curtain. I'll be glad when it's over because it's just like, and of course right now, like, you, you know, looking around my house, it's like just box and box to the, you know, to the ceiling. And it's like, where's that thing? And you start looking through boxes because you already packed it. That's it's, it's out of control. Yeah. I remember when we went from renting to owning, which we picked the worst possible time to make that decision because we didn't foresee the housing crisis and all that nonsense yeah it's like oh cool we'll like we won't be like throwing money away with rent and we'll be in, making an investment and la 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 and uh it's like boom <laughs> the home values crumbling and then, and then we're stuck but we got there what i was gonna say is we we underestimated how much stuff we had you always do because we didn't really upgrade size wise it was more like an investment that we moved and then we were literally for the first like two months just surrounded by boxes because we couldn't figure out we ended up getting rid of so much stuff it was crazy <laughs> i don't know i think i think the key is just to 
Live light, man. Just get rid of your stuff. Yeah. You don't need that much stuff. There's a reason why God has all his patriarchs like living in tents and moving constantly. Because <laughs> he's like, come on, don't yeah. make your home here. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Be flexible. That's right. We got music. Voda. Hard to believe. And as we continue on, the Lord responds to Gideon's lame excuses of being the weakest uh, by just saying, surely I will be with you. <laughs> and that's all he wants us to be. That's that's it. If you can come to terms with that and be okay with that, um, that requires faith, doesn't it? When the Lord's like, yeah, yeah, I know, I, I know you're worried about all this stuff. I know that you're weak and I know that you can't do it, blah, blah, blah. But don't worry, I'm with you. And Gideon's probably like, and that's supposed to make me feel better? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm still incapable. Like, <laughs> where you get so practical, right? It's, I still don't have enough money. I still don't, you know, have the skill to do it. I still don't have the experience. I still can't talk. I still, you still have those excuses, right? But the Lord is coming alongside Gideon saying, I'm just going to, don't worry, I'll be with you. You're going to do this like one, as one man. It's like, wait, it's one man. Like, <laughs> You know, aren't you going to give me a tribe of people? You know, aren't you going to just have some dragon come down breathing fire and wipe them all out? Like, <laughs> isn't isn't it all about some supernatural thing? No, I'm going to be with you and you're, I'm going to work through you to do that. And, um, man, what an encouragement we have. And I don't know what positions anyone's in tonight. You know, if you're sit, having that battle with the Lord where he's calling you out and calling you to do something for him or calling you to a purpose... And you're sitting there on the sidelines going with all the excuses, telling God all the reasons why you can't do it. I think God would want you to know tonight that, you know, he's with you. Um, we're moving on in Judges chapter 6. Unusual suspect, our episode tonight as we look at Gideon for this week and next. So you definitely don't want to miss next week either. Uh, we are in verse chapter, verse 17, chapter 6. Uh, he says to him, the angel of the Lord, if now I have found favor in your sight, show me a sign that it is you who talk with me. <laughs> like, I, I'm standing here talking to you, but I need a sign to know that you talk with me. <laughs> it's like, you're like, this doesn't make any sense, but don't we do that? Like, we know that like God lays on in our hearts when we read in the Bible this morning. It's like, you know, I need to show love to someone who's unlovable. You read about it in the Bible, and then some, you, you turn on the radio, and there's a pastor that's like, we need to show love to the unlovable, you know? And then you're like, whoa, God, is that you? And then, like, this unlovable person comes in, and you're like, I don't know. Let me pray about this one. <laughs> like, God, like, sets it up, and he sets it up, and he sets us up, and he He gives us the signs, and we're, we're just blind to them. And that's why when the Pharisees come to Jesus and say, show us a sign, it's like, well... How about all the stuff that he had already done at that point? And then they're like, no, that's not what we want. No, that's not. Why don't you make more bread for us? <laughs> you know, they just, people aren't, conf- <laughs> they're not pleased. They don't think that God shows them what they want to see. Right. You know, so it's like, just, sh- it's just, I just, I never realized, I guess I just never read it that way before, but it says, show me a sign that it is you who talk with me. Yeah, right. Like, who is he talking? Who is he asking for the sign if there's no one there talking to him? It doesn't make any sense. It's like he's schizophrenic. Am I talking yeah. to myself? <laughs> yeah. Um, and and so then he I. goes on. He says, do not depart from here, I pray, until I come to you and bring out my offering and set it before you. And the, the angel of the Lord's response is, remar- is remarkable. I love it. He says, I'll wait for you to come back. Like, here's the Lord Jesus Christ, <laughs> creator of the world. He's like, one minute. Let me go get a sacrifice, an offering. <laughs> Runs. He's like, I'll wait for you. Take your time. <laughs> What's he doing? He's like, like tapping his sandal on the ground. 
That's interesting. You never think of it like what was was the angel of the Lord doing while he was waiting in Gideon's probably like, where did I put that? Where did I put that goat? <laughs> Isn't that like the Lord though? Yeah. Like, wait a minute, I got some stuff I need to take care of. I'll be back. Yeah, I'll wait for you. And he's always there, isn't he? He's always there waiting for us to to reach out to him. He's always he's always there, especially when he's the one who started the work. He's there. You're listening to the Author Life with Brett and Jeff. All right, so here's Gideon again with the uh, sacrifice. Gives him the sacrifice. The Lord was waiting for him. Uh, the angel of the Lord puts his end of his staff in there. The, the sacrifice gets torched. And, uh, and then it says, Gideon perceived that he was the angel of the Lord. And Gideon said, Alas, O Lord God, for I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. And then the Lord said to him, Peace be with you. Do not fear. You shall not die. And Gideon built an altar and called it, The Lord is Peace. You know, and when you realize, when you get to that point in the struggle where God's introducing something to you and you're struggling through, is that really you, Lord? Is that really you, Lord? Is that really you? Is that you? And when you get to that point, whether it be a really awesome worship moment in church or you just had a great prayer time, or there's something that clicks inside your heart where you realize, that's been you this whole time. Lord, that, that is you speaking to me. Isn't that an amazing sense of peace? Because you've been struggling with that so much. And I think the Lord allows the struggle, and he waits with us, and he's gracious, and he's long-suffering for us to work that out, especially when it's so important that you're going to need faith to really, really know that's the Lord. You know, it's not just like one of those, hey, why don't you go to McDonald's tonight? It's one of those, like, why don't you move? Why don't you go into full-time ministry? Why don't you do that thing that I've been asking you to do for so long? He wants you to work that on your heart where you know and you're at peace. Like, Lord, alas, I know that it was you. And I love that Gideon got to that moment. And we pr- I just pray that the, the, the speed by which it takes me to get to that moment becomes faster and faster. That my faith in his, in his voice is something that I can react to quicker for his glory. That was I Believe You by The Fold. And that's what Brent was talking about in the previous segment. Gideon comes to the realization of who he's talking to, as if he hadn't already known. But uh, the, the angel of the Lord shows him. And he's like, alas. He's like, oh, no, I saw the angel of the Lord. I'm going to die. He's like, no, no, no. Be, you know, don't be afraid. You're not going to die. And he's like, oh, wow. Now I'm at peace with God. I understand what he's doing. And uh, the story goes on. And that night, God tells him, he's like, you know what? You need to go and you need to tear down the altars of Baal and build an altar to the Lord in, in its place. And Gideon takes some guys and he's afraid of his father's household because it seems like his father and, and those in, in, in Midian or wherever they are, um, they're worshiping this, this God Baal. And they don't, he's like, uh-oh, if they know I took down their God, they're going to be mad at me. So he does what we all do. We, he cares more about their opinion. So he goes by night and does it because he doesn't want anybody to know. He's like, all right, I'm going to go real quiet. And someone's like knocking down the idol. And he's like, shh, shh. I don't want people to know that we're knocking down the idol. <laughs> you know, and they wake up in the morning and they're like, what? <laughs> Who has done this thing? I love it, the Bible. But I'm sure they were saying it a lot more like swear and cursing. <laughs> Who has done this thing? And when they found out it was Gideon, they're like, bring out your son that he may die. Because he's torn down the altar of Baal. And Joash, Gideon's son, or her father... This is hilarious. He's like, are you going to plead for Baal? Would you save him? Wait, I thought he was your God. You know, he's like, okay, this doesn't make any sense. You're like, our God's dead. Come help us. Let the one who would plead for him be put to death by mourning. If he is a God, he turns it around on him. Like, we're going to kill your son. He's like, if you need to plead for your God to be saved, then you should be killed. 
If he's a god, let him plead for himself because his altar has been torn down. It's hilarious. <laughs> Joash is like laying the gauntlet. He's like, okay, you're worshiping this god? Well, this god just got manhandled. What are you going to do about it? It's hilarious. And uh, so they all kind of like, uh, this is all the Midianites crossed over and they camped in the valley. And the spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon and he blew the trumpet and everybody gathered around him. And this is when he starts looking for the sign. He says, okay, God. If you're going to save Israel by my hand, as you said, I'm going to put a fleece out. And then he goes on and he says, you know, if it's you, make the fleece wet and the ground dry. And then God does that. And then (laughs) as he turns around, he's like, okay, one more time, God. (laughs) Make the fleece dry and the ground wet. And he puts out the sign because, (laughs) because it wasn't enough for him to see all these different things with the Spirit of the Lord actually coming upon him. He still needs those signs. And aren't we just like that? I mean, we... We think so little of ourselves and so little of the calling on our lives by God that we we get discouraged and we we get intimidated by others. You know that Jeff, your summarization of that that passage was awesome, and I, I just love the the point here is that Gideon was doing amazing things for the Lord and doing what God had called him to do, and as he's doing it. You know, it's pretty remarkable that his dad was able to convince him with that argument. And people are like, all right. And then they kind of walked away. Like, you got a point there. They're like, darn. But see, God, when God's in the mix, he can turn hearts around. He can do those things. And here's Gideon at the very end moving into the next stage. And it seems like every stage he gets to with the Lord, where God's moving him into the next part of the story, he's got this hesitation like is this really you god is this really you god and you know what i love is that god hangs with them god proves it to them you know god answers his questions god's faithful to 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 make him confident you know and you know what we're not we're not any different we're we're we struggle with the same thing over and over again we struggle with our faith at times we look at our surroundings we look at the impossibility of the situation at times and we go god it, it can't be true like is this really what you're saying? And um, God is so faithful. If, it, if we get, don't get anything out of tonight, God is so faithful to be there. And he's so faithful to come alongside and to be with us. And Gideon finally, finally gets to that point where he's like, you know what, God? Okay, I rang, you know, I rung out the, the fleece. It was sopping wet. The ground was completely dry. You know, the, the, the fleece was dry. The ground was sopping wet. I think I know what you're trying to tell me. <laughs> and, um, you know, to find out the rest of the story, you're going to need to tune in next week. <laughs> but isn't it great? I mean, I'm so encouraged that God puts these stories in the Bible. You know, I was just reading about the Bible and how people look at it. It's the most historically accurate. People want to, like, judge it and say that it's incorrect and all this nonsense. But no other book of history, just looking at it as what it is, is, a, you know, a textual book, uh, has you know no no religious book or anything like that shows the flaws of its heroes as much as the bible does you know usually it's like these like myth- mythical creatures or or some type of like hero that is just like unstoppable you know he's like i don't know somebody awesome like chuck norris uh, <laughs> you know that just can't be stopped but god shows the flaws in the bible you know what i mean but he doesn't see those flaws you look at the hall of faith doesn't talk about Abraham's screw-ups or Moses' problems. It doesn't talk about any of those things. Uh, there's a great, great quote that's attributed to Dwight Moody. It's about Moses, but I think it applies to every one of the Bible heroes that we talk about, Gideon especially tonight. It says that um, 
you know, the first 40 years of Moses' life, in his, in his case, he thought he was somebody. And then the next 40 years, he thought he was a nobody when he's in the on the backside of the desert, you know, fleeing from, from Pharaoh. And then the last 40 years of his life, he realized that God uses nobodies. And that's what we see throughout all of Scripture, is that God takes the most unlikely of heroes and uses them because he gets the glory. We can't like put our hands on it and say, Oh, I, I kind of attributed that, which is what we're going to talk about next week. So you definitely need to come back and tune in next week. <laughs> I know Jeff. And, and it's like one of those, one of those encouragements for me that God sees us not as the weak person. He sees us as the mighty man of valor. Like he, he comes along and says, when I'm with you, you're the mighty man of valor in this situation. And um, as a guy, I get excited about that. I start thinking about Braveheart and, you know, <laughs> when to scream and go run at the people with my sword. But, um, you know, that's what we are. And God's made us that way. And somehow through his grace, he's given us the ability to enter in the war with him and enter into the battle. And um, we get to be a part of the amazing things that he wants to do. And at the end of the day, we get to look back and say, God, what did, look what you did. Like, like the Israelites were saying about how Moses led them out of the out of Egypt. So all great stuff and until next week. Be cool cats. I live for Christ. Yeah.